welcome to the Philia podcast. Philia means daughter. We are the daughters of the women who came before us and we fight so that our daughters may be free. We are a women-led volunteer organization. Our vision is a world free from patriarchy where all women and girls are liberated. We seek to contribute to the women's liberation movement by building sisterhood and solidarity among women locally, nationally, and globally. By amplifying the voices of women, particularly those less often heard or purposefully silenced, and by defending women's human rights. Our podcast seeks to shed light on some of the most pressing issues facing women and girls around the world. Please take from them what you can. In sisterhood and in solidarity, the Philia team. Okay, so um, this is Gemma Aitchison, um, and today I'm talking to a brilliant campaigner who has done some fantastic work, um, and this is Fiona from We Can't Consent to This. Um, I'm sure many of you know about their brilliant work. Um, so, hi Fiona. Hello, I'm so flattered by that introduction. Thank you very much for having me. Um, and I should also say that Philly was my kind of first public platform um, it's the first time I spoke about this in public and got an amazing response from women in the audience, uh, at least one of whom has campaigned with us all the way through. So I'm um, very excited to be doing this. Thank you. So um, for those who have no idea um, about your campaign, I guess, who are you and tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So I, so I set up, as you say, this campaign called We Can't Consent to This. Um, it was actually just over two years ago, and it was in response to it was in response to the killing of a woman called Natalie Connolly, who was killed by her partner with an astonishing level of violence. And he was prosecuted for killing her. He was initially prosecuted for murder, and then the CPS decided to prosecute him for manslaughter. Um, and his defence throughout was that she had asked him to do the violence to her, that it was rough sex that she died accidentally and the violence that he did to her was was something that she wanted um, and not just the cps gave that sympathy that the judge in his um in his sentencing of uh, of john broadhurst to an astonishingly short sentence um for, for manslaughter was very sympathetic to, to the claim that she'd consented and i i was furious about it so i and i far from alone in that so I set up this campaign, which was to draw together the stories of women who had been killed by men in what the men claimed was rough sex gone wrong or a sex game. Um, and I think what was so horrifying so quickly was that I found 10, 20, 30, and then now over 60 women just from the UK who have been killed by men who've claimed this and just under half the time they've been successful. So initially it was campaigned very much around that use of the rough sex defence in criminal cases of killing and injury of women um, and then we also very quickly found out that women as part of their sex lives, as part of their normal sex lives, were being violently assaulted by men um, and were not getting the response that they should from the criminal justice system. So we now campaign across sort of normalisation of violence, very much pushing back on that, um, normalisation of violence against women and also criminal justice system feelings um, in response to claims of rough sex and also around sexual violence. 
Wow, and that that is so important, so important. And it's it's strange, isn't it? We have um, a historically low conviction rate in rape because yeah. apparently men just don't know when we're consenting, but when yeah. they kill us, they're so sure about what we consented. Yeah, it's a uh, it's strange. Yeah. When when we say what we consent to, oh, no one's really sure. But when a man says what we did and didn't consent to, suddenly it's just accepted. It's uh, strange, shocking, unusual. It mm. is beyond shocking. I know. And, and so so there, so there was basically no research on the relevance of this in the UK until, until I did this. But what we also then looked at was cases of injury. So where women were then able to actually give evidence in court as to whether they had consented. And in over the over 100 cases we found of women, they, they were saying, I didn't consent to this. But the guy said that she did. And he he often gets the sympathy. You know, he is believed. Um, and it just, but it's just astonishing that this has been happening. There has been this trope in criminal justice system and in wider society that women were just asking for it. It's pretty hideous. Well, it's um, it's it's never a man's fault, and it's always ours, isn't it? That that just tends to be the thing. And our justice system is um, a man-made one. Um, most laws made before we even had the vote, and yeah. I guess it does highlight the boys' club, doesn't it? You know how men will defend other men that they don't even know, but they'll yeah. still stick up for them, and it's. Um, it's amazing, really. Um, and it's it must be so hard for the families as well of of the women who have been died or have been hurt. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, so the, this increase in violence, um, I've heard that sometimes men say that, you know, that they copy it from pornography as pornography has become increasingly violent. Yeah. And um, for those of us who work in children's services, we, we will see lots of teenage girls refer to things like breath play and love bruises and things like that. Um, so pornography is almost grooming children to be more violent in their sexual relationships in future. Um, and do you think that, you know, as much as pornography is consumed, that when a woman is reporting to a police officer or to a jury or um, something like that, that if they are a consumer of pornography like that, they are less likely to take it seriously. Well, you, you have you can have to assume, and in, in exactly what you're saying, that it, the, the BBC is beginning, beginning of the pandemic and it didn't get enough attention, but the BBC and a big polling agency surveyed UK men and asked them, like, do you know do you do violence to women in your sex life and if you do you know what influences you to do it and and something like 70 percent of men said that they did and most of them said that they were influenced to do it by porn so i, I and I, I don't i actually don't think there's a, ma- a massive public awareness yet of just how horrifically violent against women the normal inverted commas porn sites have become that there's this like awful horrifying criminal content often available in the front pages of major porn sites which now kids are getting access to I mean you'll know much better than I do but but kids are getting access to when they're shockingly young like really you know pre-teen um absolutely terrifying and what more positive reinforcement is there than an orgasm 
Um, so yeah, it's it's not great. Um, and as you say, it's it's becoming almost accepted in our justice system. And and there's this again. Um, no feminist will be surprised by this blaming the woman, the man is the victim sort of attitude, victim blaming that there is yeah. in the justice system already. Um, so the work that you're doing is hugely important. Um, as these things develop, you know, whether it be pornography or any other means, um, every time feminists make some sort of progress, you know, sexists too tend to make progress as well. So there's always a new battle. I know. Um, <laughs> it's so true. I, I'm just so shocked. I was, I was, you know, I was chatting to a woman a while back who who worked on the kind of no more page three campaign, which you know, as a, as a young feminist, I saw. I thought, yeah, that's a brilliant thing. But then you think you know women were campaigning so hard on that but then you turn around and there's this just world of horror that has also been going on for for a long while and it's almost like it takes you know years for these things to become recognized as societal problems and then years more often to actually fix it and do something about it um there's always going to be something to do sadly Uh, i think the important thing to point out is that if something becomes normalized then um then it's harder to stop it isn't it because yeah. there's this idea that there's something wrong with you if yeah. you don't accept it so your work is standing up and saying no this is not okay what you're doing um it's standing against something and i think you know you should be really proud of that and i know there's been lots of recent developments in your work could you tell us about that you know, thank you. Um, yeah, so it was, um, we, we kind of hoped to have a bit of a break over Christmas, but we, so we, most recently, we managed to get the Westminster Parliament to, and the government to accept um, a, a change in the law to make it absolutely clear that you cannot consent to serious harm or to death. So essentially banning the rough sex defence in, in the law of Parliament, which is absolutely huge. So that has not yet become law in England and Wales, so we expect that to happen later this year when the domestic abuse bill, which it's going to be part of, eventually gets through Parliament. So, I mean, that was a huge, huge win last year. I mean, it was a big, big effort across party. Harriet Harman, um, uh, Mark Garney and Laura Farris and a whole team of cross party MPs and journalists and press and us and feminist organisations really pushing for this. And I think credit to the government for, for, for accepting that and, and proposing this solution. Um, we are obviously going to keep an eye on how that works in practice, um, because that's the big thing. You know, it's not just about what it says in the law, but what actually happens in practice. But then, most recently, just literally in the last week, we had that domestic abuse bill came back to the House of Lords, which was fantastic to see that making progress through Parliament. Um, Northern Ireland uh, have been consulting and have just closed a consultation of, of making the same kind of law change there to, to essentially ban rough sex defences. Um, and then, amazingly, and after a long campaign, not not obviously just by us, but by by many organisations and women, and particularly the Centre for Women's Justice, um, the government last weekend said they were going to consider a specific offence of non-fatal strangulation, which is a huge, huge, huge potential win. Obviously, long way to go before that becomes law, and, and lots of details to be worked out. But I think a, f- a fantastic first week of 2021, um, obviously in, in quite a bleak time. So, yeah, extremely, extremely good start to the year. Very promising. 
yeah, that I mean that's great because it, it's essentially, you know, um, as most groomers do, they will downplay that it's a serious thing or that it's abusive, and yeah. you know, um, if there is an, a rule that says this is wrong, this is not okay. That that is something that is really important, isn't it? Hugely important. Yeah, I mean, so because a lot of the work that we've done um, with younger women, so women who are kind of, you know, nineteen or twenty now, will will say this is complete. All of this, like sexual violence or violence in sex, is completely normalised for them. And violence in domestic domestic relationships, in their you know, in their kind of you know, first boyfriend or whatever, it is totally normalised, and it's very difficult to see that recognised as, as something that's wrong. And you know, one woman said that she, when she was kind of fourteen, she saw it on like you know, on fandoms and Instagram and Tumblr, she would see strangling, choking as normalised and an expression of passion. And it was only when she was a little bit older, I spoke to her mum about it, her mum was horrified. Um, And that that normalisation is so difficult to push back against. Um, And I think law change, you know, this, this law change is very much about women in domestic abuse relationships, women in sexual violence, um, or in or in 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 sex where they're being assaulted, it's making sure they get access to to the right you know right response from the criminal justice system, and also helping women who have been assaulted to actually see what happened to them as an assault if that's what they you know if that's what they they kind of want to feel about it that that is allowed and that's okay because I think I think it's impossible you know I'm relatively old but it's impossible to underestimate how much pressure there is on young women to be okay with seriously quite extreme violence sometimes in your sexual relationships or in your you know in your in your relationship with your partner it, it is it's it's mass grooming um yeah. and i to be honest with you i think of pornography categories as abuse categories because you know that that's pretty much what they are and and to be honest i don't think men are helping themselves i mean we're going, women are going to get to the point where they assess having a one-night stand and think, sorry, mate, you're more likely to kill me than to get me there. So yeah. You're not worth <laughs> the effort, so I'll just forget it. I'll stay at home with my rabbit and ice cream and I'll just <laughs> stay safe and have a better time than I would with you. Like, you seriously, like, why would, why would you put yourself through that? I mean, and, 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 you know, I, I so feel for women. Women all where they share their stories and there's very much a way that we want you know women to be able to kind of talk about what's happened to them but yeah they'll, they'll say you know i i had this happen to me next time i thought i'll tell him i don't want it and then he won't do it so this you know the next guy but he still does it anyway and you just think after that you know these poor women going through this why would you why would you put yourself through that um and I, and again i think that's why pushing back against the normalization is so important because we know that Know, actually if that's all that's on offer it's really difficult it's really it is really difficult to stay at home you know you kind of want human contact you want to have a fling or whatever um so yeah a really a kind of really grim time for women but i think really big public support for a change in this you know there is there's obviously this is happening on a widespread basis there's obviously lots of people who think it's completely normal and you know I'm sure who who try and push back against our campaign work, um, but at the same time, there's lots of people who are just appalled by this. You cannot believe that this has been happening. So, I think some really important discussions to have, um, 
about this and about relationships and about how we fix this because it's not just going to be about you know addressing porn and, and and access that young people have to porn it's going to be you know the whole the whole thing across the board well it's um I mean, it's going to go against the not-all-men argument, isn't it, when you have no, millions no. upon millions of views and and these teenage boys thinking that this behaviour is normal and then they're going into their relationships and doing this yeah. um, and thinking that, oh, oh, but are they not supposed to cry? Like, this so is it. Heart- isn't it heartbreaking, isn't it? You know, that, imagine, I mean, I, I, I have huge sympathy for like young boys who are seeing this as normal and you know I think that's such a it's such a thing to sort of grow up with and then you know at some stage I hate to say they're going to realize what they did you know they, they did this terrible thing to that girl they dated it's 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 really grim and it's you know like I think there's there's this kind of I'm sure you know this but there's this complete under recognition of how widespread violence against women is in society and also this like how does it happen where does it come from you know is this is this nature or nurture but you know this this complete explosion in in women's experience of violence over what looks like kind of five to ten years it seems like it's come from nowhere but I mean it seems a hundred percent to be culturally driven it seems to be very much part of you know porn and then social media have just helped normalize something that is pretty abhorrent um Particularly for particularly for older women. So when I often I speak to women in the kind of forties, fifties and up who are just raging that this is happening to young women because they you know they remember the time in the kind of eighties and nineties when you could literally just go and have sexual relationships with people without getting battered, frankly. And um, yeah, and it, it's we see again the gender stereotypes in this. It's the idea that. You know, the man is in control and dominant and tough and the woman is the sexual object who's replaceable, disposable and submissive. And and it's, again, reinforcing that over and over again um, to make the man feel manly and big. He has to make the woman feel small. I mean, this is no way, in no way is this subverting norms. I mean, this is literally just old school violence against women, which is being repackaged as sexy and then sold back. I mean, it's just, there's nothing new in some ways in this, but what's new is just that, the the widespread nature of it, just how calm. So it's like, we think there's probably about three and a half more, even more women in the UK who've already been violently assaulted by sexual partners. I mean, that's just insane. <laughs> Absolutely doesn't. Just it, unspeakable. Um, and as I say, it's very much a kind of old story, but on now a mass scale, it's just too horrifying. Yeah, and they just call it empowering, don't they? Which... <laughs> There is there is that trick, right? There is that that is how it is sold. Is that yeah? But you're in control this time. But I, I like this is just it's just a it's a real trick that I think is being played on young women, and it's really it's really unfair. It's really unfair. Uh, absolutely, um, and I I definitely think more needs to be done to tackle it. But before that's yeah. done, you know, you have to raise awareness, which is exactly what your campaign has done. It has given. Um, other organisations and women and people, um, the tools, speaking personally, I, I can tell you that I have brought up your work in at least four 
meetings that I've had about Aww. sexual objectification of women, um, it, it gives us a tool to fight back with. Um, so I want to say thank you so much for starting to do this work. And I have no doubt that you've had plenty of backlash from it. <laughs> Um, it's it's a funny. I mean, it's, it's, I'm so grateful to hear that because we 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 get a lot of thanks, and particularly from women and who you know who say this. You know, this really helped me understand what happened to me, or you know, it just helped me think differently. And um, we obviously just get a massive amount of flack as well. So sometimes it can be quite a brutal and thankless uh, tasks. Now, now and again, you just think, why am I doing this? But then you remember that you know it's an important discussion to have. We don't expect everyone to agree with us for sure. Um, and it is, as I say, extremely uh, rewarding to hear that it is having an impact, a positive impact for women and organisations. So thank you. De- definitely. And, I, and, you know, it's always good to remember that the people that are the most defensive are defensive for a reason. <laughs> um, so <laughs> We do just... actually, we get um, we get men writing in to us. I probably shouldn't encourage this. I'm sure you've done really? sure a huge number of these um these um, individuals listening to, to this podcast but um yeah they, they quite often write into us to tell us uh, that we're being really unfair and it wasn't their fault um, and uh, it is but it is interesting and so we I mean I've, I've generally taken that face value and said you know uh, really sorry to hear this you know if you'd, if you'd like some evidence to help you sort of maintain your boundaries in future and say no to stuff that you don't want to do and it is interesting because then they, they go on the offensive so it's not in any way a representative sample of the male population, but it's quite interesting the ones that feel motivated to get in touch with us are definitely not saying, thank you, <laughs> it's helped me think differently. They're saying, how dare you suggest I should go to prison for nearly killing my wife? Um, so It, uh, it yeah. reminds me of that saying, um, it hurts my feelings when you talk about how I hurt your feelings. <laughs> um, it, it's... They should just wear a hat that says I'm a good guy or wave a big red flag. Um, I don't think they realise that they're not the only man to say those things to us and that we don't know by now. Um, Do you have any sort of support or strategy for for when you get flack off men? Um, I personally use Not All Men Bingo in my kitchen. If I get four typical responses in a row, I get to have some wine with my tea. And if I get eight, I get to have some Ben and Jerry's and things like that. Um, but do you, do you have, like, um, people who can support you and stuff? Because, you know, we'll know that the police aren't particularly active on things like that. Yeah. I mean, actually, and I, I, sh- I should say, we've actually been very fortunate and I think unusually fortunate in that we've not had... So we get lots of pushback. We have not had anything like the volume of horror interaction that I know a lot of women and women's organisations have online. Um, and I think the main part of that is because a lot of what we do is focused on things like MPs and press and um, is, I, I think, I think the more we do social media, the more we're going to, we're going to see of that for sure. Um, so yes, but we, I mean, to be honest, I just tend to take people at face value. I just assume that everyone is is persuadable um and and take them very much take them at face value as i say if we get kind of direct kind of scary contact we'll just like mute them or block them but it's extremely rare for us um at this stage um and yeah i just think you know well even if i don't persuade them there might be someone reading along who's going to be persuaded by a reasonable discussion on on the matter 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think as I say, that the most of the men yeah, get yeah. online are really angry because they want to strangle women, and um, we look like we're stopping them. So, how dare you? Um, I mean, <laughs> you're a lot nicer than I am. Perhaps I'm just more cynical. Um, I mean, if you ever get sent any sort of dick pics, might I suggest you send a used sanitary towel picture back because that upsets them particularly well when you do that. Um, <laughs> I've come off to a sink to the clouds. The <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely one for the album. <laughs> We do what we can. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, um, with with all the stuff that's happened recently, um, do you have any ways that women can get involved and that can help? Is is there any MP that you need contacting, or is is there any ways that we can get involved and support you in some way? Yeah, so we um, we do get lots of offers of volunteering support and I'm always very grateful for them. We tend to struggle to get back to everyone in a timely fashion. So, but I mean, if, if everyone, you know, who, who, who's listening keeps an eye out on our website. So we, we very welcome, obviously, hearing from people who are able to give it more time to campaign. But the most important thing is that we semi-regularly want people to write their MPs. And I know it's one of those tasks that seems a bit boring and not like it's going to do anything, but it is astonishingly effective. Um, so we have a whole series of 2021 activities that we want to uh, we want to achieve at Parliament. Um, we haven't even had our kickoff meeting for the year yet. It's too early, but um, we'll be doing lots on obviously this you know the, the non-fatal strangulation piece. Later this year, there's going to be the online harms bill, which is going to come through, and there's heaps to do, particularly in Scotland, uh, where I'm from, which has been very tardy, and there's currently. No sort of no real movement from government in Scotland, only the rough sex defences or or indeed on strangulation. So yeah, if you if you keep an eye on our website, we have we have actions which we update regularly on these kind of it's the kind of boring admin of of achieving uh, stuff through Parliament, but it's so effective, um, and really really welcome hearing from people who've had a response from their MPs or you know who are able to take part in consultations because I think the as I say this kind of stuff often feels a bit dull but it, it's just impossible to underestimate how effective it, it can be as we have seen you know over over the last kind of six to nine months through parliament at Westminster. And and it, one thing that is really good about it is even if your MP is useless and he's terrible and horrible and you want him to stand on lego every day for the rest of his life even if you hate him he's still going to be looking for something that he needs to do so it looks like he's doing something so even if it's a person that you don't agree with um or a party that you don't agree with sometimes they're just looking for something to do to say i've done a thing so they will sometimes pick stuff up so it, it is worth sending in definitely oh yeah good to see i mean and and just to be clear i mean you you know we got cross-party support for what we have done recently um where there's no one in parliament who we would all agree with what they have to say i mean and and Absolutely. some really quite you know quite surprising uh supporters but i think that's it you know even if you disagree with everything that your mp has done you will be I think pleasantly surprised by um by giving them something like this to do which is generally often just supporting something that's hopefully got a bit of momentum it can be can be so effective 
Yeah, you can't really uh, go against it without looking incredibly dodgy, can you? You can't be like, but why? Why can't men kill women all the time? But we want her. So you, you couldn't. You couldn't really do that in a public sphere. Um, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. So, women, uh, to credit the, the MPs so far, who've spoken about this, have been yeah, extremely supportive. I, 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 I definitely think we, we might get some opposition at some stage, but um, that's all welcome and part of the part of the process. You're so nice. Um, <laughs> do you know what i honestly like i just i can't bear everyone shouting at each other online and there's all this horrible stuff and like everyone's just so angry (laughs) and i I actually genuinely when it's such a contentious hideous subject that we campaign on but i actually just want this to be something positive that and i I think it has been positive in that we like we don't want to be mean to our enemies i mean obviously some some of our enemies we want to uh, to put in prison, but but, um, but the vast majority of people disagree with us. <laughs> the vast majority of people disagree with us. You know, I don't want to sort of, I don't want to rail at them online, but I do want yeah. to help challenge their thinking and for this to be a kind of positive focused um, campaign where, you know, people can disagree with us, but we are very polite. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully, it's um, if you do get people who disagree with you and they actually engage in honest dialogue with you it's an opportunity for learning perhaps yeah. <laughs> although now i'm thinking back to actually some of the twitter interactions i've had and i'm saying oh actually yeah it's not always the case but yeah i mean it's 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 definitely it's definitely a hope and i and i think twitter is particularly like it's particularly nasty I and mean, i know you probably have experienced this as well it's it sort of lends itself to that kind of adversarial um thing which can be which can be really difficult because you, you you know we're all busy and you don't necessarily have time to have a massive kind of public barney with someone about something but it can be a very welcome discussion tool as well um, <laughs> avalanche of dick pics it sounds <laughs> like <laughs> just just send that same picture back honestly they don't like it um so yeah i wanted to just again thank you so much for your work and um for you to remember that even though it might feel a little bit like there's been an earthquake and you're there with one dustpan and brush trying to sort it out, and I understand that feeling, um, that, you know, your work will be affecting women and girls that you may never even meet, and it's a ripple effect, and that you will be changing people's lives um, just by standing up and saying, no, this isn't right. So from... One feminist to another, I want to say thank you for that on behalf of all women and girls. Um, and thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, I'm so grateful, Gemma. It's been so nice to talk to you. And no, that means, as I say, that means a lot. And I, I kind of hope that women listening to this will be as inspired as I was by the feminist affiliate. And, and, and you know, I, I did this because Karen and Gala Smith set up her brilliant Counting Dead Women a brilliant and horrifying mm. Counting Dead Women project. You know, I was very much inspired and influenced by by those who've done work before me. So um, it is possible to make change and to do it, you know, in a way that is, to be honest with you, this has not been easy, but it's been quite easy. <laughs> it's been much easier than I thought. So I'm, I'm so grateful that it's making an impact and I'm extremely hopeful about the future. Lots more good stuff to do this year and beyond for sure. Well, if you ever need someone less nice than you on Twitter, um, do feel free to tag me. <laughs> and um, I have 
One final, very important question for you, and that is, Fiona, what is your favourite cake? So I've actually been thinking about this all the way through. Um, it's Black Forest Gatto, but I haven't had one for years. <laughs> I'm thinking I might need to make one this weekend. I do believe, based on that, we can be friends for life. You are a good <laughs> person and never let anyone tell you any different. Um, thank you so, so much. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, have a look on um, the website and um, the social media, which will be attached to this really important work um, to talk to your local schools about, to talk to your male relatives about, to talk to your friends about, to talk to your daughters and nieces about. It's really, really important because everyone deserves mutually enjoyed and respectful and consenting sexual activity um and that's what we all want or stay at home with your rabbit and ice cream like i suggested just saying it's an option thanks very much everyone what a note to end on thank you so much Jim. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much such a pleasure <laughs> thank you dear listener for tuning in We are incredibly grateful to all the women who donate their time and their efforts to create this podcast. That includes our guests, our interviewers, and our editors. You can find us on your favorite listening platforms like Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for Philia Podcast. Please help us reach even more women. You can do that by subscribing to our show, by sharing this podcast with your friends, with your family, and with your co-workers, or by leaving us a positive rating and review. Philia organizes the largest annual grassroots feminist conference in the UK. We would love to see you there. You can support our work by joining the Friends of Philia scheme, by giving a solidarity ticket so that even more women can join our conference, and by subscribing to our newsletter please take a look around our website, philia.org.uk, to find out more. Together, women make magic happen, and we can't wait to be in touch with you.